1985, as a gruesome civil war raged in El Salvador, thousands of American families traveled to the tiny country to adopt babies and fly them out of the wreckage to the safety of American homes. Angela Fillingham was one of those children. My parents were very open about it, and and the information that they had at the time was that my birth mother was a seamstress, which is a technical way of saying she worked in a sweatshop, and that she was afraid of having a child in the middle of a war in El Salvador. I did wonder a lot about my family. My mom actually kept a poem from when I was in fourth grade that I wrote about wanting to answer the question of like, who do you look like more, your mother or your father? And I managed to kind of push it to the background until I was in high school. I think there's this idea of going back home and so feeling what that would be like. When I decided to go back to El Salvador, I was 20. And I'd never really traveled internationally. So it was kind of terrifying to leave my parents. The flight from LA took off at one in the morning and we landed in El Salvador right as the sun was coming up. And I just remember looking down and seeing all of these bluish green street lights. And I remember stepping off the plane thinking, crap, what did I get myself into? My intention in going was solely to see where I'm from. Then I ended up coming into contact with this organization called Probusqueda, which is an organization that was formed by families whose children disappeared during the war that actually uses DNA to um, match possible disappeared children with surviving biological family members. During the war, there have been cases where the army literally just was marching by and took a child out of a hammock. These children were then brought to orphanages and then put up for an adoption. Looking back at it, my biggest fear was probably finding nothing. What if my family's dead or what if they can't find anything? Then that's almost worse than not knowing. I met with one of the representatives of Probusqueda. She didn't know that I spoke as much Spanish as I did. She just went on and on and said, her family is probably dead. That's what they do. They probably killed her entire family, and then she was put up for adoption. She was stolen. She was stolen. And I just remember hearing, she was stolen, she was stolen, she was stolen. And so the narrative of my adoption in my head went from being like this act of saving your child to one of a crime. I decided to get the DNA test. They open this sterile cotton swab, and they rub it in your mouth. Then they have the Physicians for Human Rights come in, and they do the matches. I think at that point I was like, well, they have my case. We'll see what happens. I, and I think I remained optimistically pessimistic. Like out of nowhere, after two months of no communication with them, I hadn't even been thinking about it. I got an email saying that they found my birth mother and I have a half brother and they had a picture of them. And so I just remember opening that and just being like, Okay, well, I finally know who I look like. This is kind of trippy. When I first met her, all she said to me for like 10 minutes was, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And what she told me then was just that in the city that she moved to, the FMLN was actually going in the streets and taking children. Um, so she was really afraid of that. And then this lawyer approached her, saw she was pregnant, and said, I can bring your child to a safer place until the war is over. And from her perspective, I think it was the most logical thing you can do. But that she thought that I was going to come back when the war was over. She didn't know that, that it was an adoption, essentially. 
I think when she told me that she didn't understand what she was doing, it was traumatic on multiple levels. On the one hand, it was traumatic because I'd have to share this with my parents, and, and I mean, they had no idea. There was no way they could know. There's like an intense amount of guilt that would be associated with like, what did I do? And I think from her perspective, it just kind of was like doing what she did and then being duped. And there was no redress. There's no way to do anything. I remember telling her she didn't have anything to have to apologize about. What was really hard about kind of meeting her again was like, what would be her expectations and what would be mine? I actually talked with another adoptee about this, how our birth mothers felt so attached. And we were kind of freaked out by that. And the way meeting your like biological family solidifies what your family means to you, that your adoptive family, you don't need the adoptive in front of it because it is your family. There's been so many times in my life where I, people have said, well, it's so, your parents are so amazing that they love a child that isn't biologically theirs. And I'm just sitting there like, really? Because to me, it makes them a human being, like that you're capable of seeing someone and saying, I have love and you need love and I will give you unconditional love and support. It's just part of being a human being. Angela plans to one day take her American family to El Salvador to meet her biological family. But for now, she's busy writing her PhD dissertation on the need for human rights protocols in international adoptions. <laughs>